Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Ty's got good hair. Richard looks like another Hall of Fame coach is uh, is leaving the sport, and that would be Jim Beheim. It was announced yesterday that he will not be returning as the men's basketball coach at Syracuse. So you think about lately, Coach K, no longer coaching. Roy Williams, no longer coaching. Jay Wright, no longer coaching. And now Beheim. I mean, how open is recruiting right now with four Hall of Famers leaving the last two years in basketball? Yeah, you got a good point. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, those guys uh, got their share of uh, top prospects, but uh, Duke, Duke, Duke uh, didn't uh, slack off in recruiting last year, that's for sure. But they'll always, schools will always recruit well. Now, obviously, uh, Duke has, uh, hasn't missed a beat, but uh, will the other schools uh how will they do with, uh, you know, new coaches? Uh, that remains to be seen, but uh, it does give some opportunities for especially schools in those uh, regions, uh, especially, some, you know, say Syracuse uh, in the Big East, uh, opportunities to maybe make some high, uh, you know, inroads in uh, for uh, recruiting, but uh, uh, definitely will be interesting to, to watch. I mean, 47 years, that's incredible. Richard, I remember Coach Musk telling us a few weeks ago that during last season's NCAA tournament, they were still having to recruit heavily some transfer guys because if you not do it in even the midst of a tournament run, you're behind the eight ball. I know we've talked about Coach Pittman having to do that with the, the bowl game, the prep there. I mean, how do coaches balance that in both football and basketball when either preparing for postseason or we're in the, they're in the middle of postseason? How do they do that? Well, I mean, you usually have some, uh, you just make some time. Uh, you make some time during the day that, uh, you know, that, uh, works for both, uh, both parties. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, you FaceTime, you, you, you Zoom, and, uh, you just make time. I mean, it's just part of the, uh, part of the game right now that, uh, you know, you, even during postseason play, you, you're recruiting, and you, 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 you were all, you, you were already recruiting even in postseason play. But obviously, with uh, the transfer portal, it's kind of upped its game a little bit because you have you have a little bit more of a, a sense of urgency because you're trying to get those guys on campus as soon as the season's over with. So uh, it, you know, in, in basketball. It, you know, you focus on the transfers, and then you, you focus on the uh, high school guys for the most part. That, at least uh, that's that's the way I look at it. Uh, but uh, and because the transfer guys are trying to make decisions fairly quickly to know where they're going to be going, you know, in the next semester. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's you know, it's kind of like uh, obviously Coach Pittman and and football and and, and how uh, it was in January for them and. Right before the ball game, uh, it's it's that way for, for, with Coach Muss and, and his staff right now. It's hard to fathom forty-seven seasons at the same school. Just like it's, you know, we're, we're so uh, disconnected to to a, a, a bygone generation that used to work. You, know, you go get your job out of the military or out of school. You'd work there forty years and you'd retire. You know, forty-seven years at a place and seventy-eight years old. That's hard to. Imagine, but it's also hard to imagine, Richard, at 78 years old and after 47 years, you could really truly be in tune and in touch with today's college sports, today's college basketball, NIL, transfer portal. Um, that's hard for me to also get on board with as well. No, I, I, I didn't agree. I mean, when you've been, been able to, uh, you know, I mean, obviously things changed in the 47 years when he was at Syracuse. 
as far as recruiting and kids and just uh, society in general. But uh, NIL and transfer portal is uh, that's I think that's the biggest shock for all the, all the college coaches in just about every sport nowadays uh, it, it, on the college level. It, it is uh, it's just a different animal. There's so many uh, di- different moving parts that you have to adjust to. And when you're 78 years old and you've been there 47 years, <laughs> I mean, you, you you were about to hang it up at some point anyway. Now, would he would he have uh, you know gone another year or two without you know NIL or the portal? Uh, who knows? We don't know that. But uh, that that is it's it's you know I, I wrote about that uh, just recently. Jeremy Crabtree from On Three Three On Three Sports talked about how. At least on the uh, college football level, uh, coach, coaches are concerned about the profession just because of the, the of all the extra mm-hmm. you know stuff that they, they they have on their plate with uh, NIL and the transfer portal, roster management, stuff like that. Now, at least in basketball, you you don't have that as much. But uh, I mean, as far as the numbers that you have to worry about, but still, it's it's still uh, it's more on your plate. You know, there, there won't be a coaching search. They've already named the replacement as long. I think it's Chris Autry. I know it's Autry. I think it's Chris Autry has been a longtime assistant with Bayheim, former player. He's going to move into the role of head coach for Syracuse. But you got openings at Ole Miss. Texas Tech uh, now has an opening. Former Razorback assistant Corey Williams is the interim there. Notre Dame. I, I think the carousel, we, we, we focus on it a lot in football. It's going to heat up here and um, it'll be interesting to see how those dominoes fall over the next few weeks as as seasons wind down, Richard. Yeah, a lot of rumors will be floated around. It looks like evidently Beard's going to be the guy at Ole Miss, which kind of surprised me. I thought he would be. I thought he would have to sit out a a year. <laughs> Excuse me, a year uh, and kind of you know re, re, revamp his uh, rehab uh, his uh, image, but uh, I guess not. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's always interesting, you know, uh, near the end of the season in football and basketball, seeing, uh, seeing what's open and, and the possibilities of who might fill those positions. Richard, I want to talk more about Chris Spears. We're talking with Richard Davenport, Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and Whole Hog Sports. I know everyone was cheating during the Southwest Conference days, but money is NIL before NIL, right? With all these different big stories, I mean, you got the Beard situation, the Brandon Miller situation. I mean, you've had various other things that have happened. How how do athletic directors decide what is what is what they're willing to forgive slash in certain cases let go in order to boost their said athletic department? Uh, I think there's several pieces of the puzzle there. I think uh, I think in uh, the Ole Misses. Uh, situation, I guarantee you that uh, uh, the AD Carter uh, reached out to the president, told him, you know, hey, hey I'm going to reach, out, you know, I'm going to uh, interview this guy, and uh, the president probably had a, sh- you know, obviously had an opportunity to shut shut that down, but uh, but evidently that didn't happen. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you, I kind of thought the uh, conference SEC commissioner. Mesh would kind of get into this just because of just what, what what's happened with uh, Alabama and uh, you know with uh, what happened with uh, Beard at Texas. Uh, regardless of how what, how it all shaped out, I mean there, there was an altercation and, and there was some physical contact uh, evidently with uh, you know his girlfriend, and uh, that, that's going to be kind of a tough sell for some of the. Some of the alumni and some of the boosters at uh, Ole Miss, but evidently the AD feels confident enough that uh, he, you know he's he's got the green light to do that. So uh, I'm, I, I'm 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 for one kind of surprised. And on that subject, I think Hugh Freeze was the other name that I was thinking about. So there was an idea out there for a while that he was blackballed from coming into the SEC. Now he's back as the Auburn head football coach. Beard, as you just said, looks like. He could end up in Oxford. It's not even been a couple months. So if you're Greg Sankey, is that his job as the commissioner to prevent hires like this? Like, how, how does he come into power when it comes to these type of discussions? I mean, I don't know all the ins and outs, but I think he can put enough pressure on a school and say no. Uh, I, I think that's happened uh, 
that probably happened with uh, Freeze a couple of times before uh, he was hired this year uh, by Auburn. I mean, he was at uh, Liberty for I don't know how many years. I think was it five? I can't remember. But uh, at least there was a little bit of a you know a, a time period where he kind of got away from the SEC and kind of I guess supposedly you know rehabbed his image and and now you know we see where he is but uh with beard i've i'm kind of shocked i I really thought the commissioner would maybe step in and uh and and kind of squash that but uh, evidently it's not going to happen richard state championship games begin today uh in hot springs and will uh will last throughout the next couple of days into saturday any any particular games you want to make sure you tune in on TV or get to see in person? Who are the who are the prime players on uh, both the uh, men's and women's sides that will be playing in the championship games the next few days in Hot Springs? You know, it, 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 uh, <laughs> I'll give you the same answer that I gave probably last week. I apologize. You know, with uh, Arkansas football having so many guys on campus, my whole day on Saturday is focused on uh, Razorback football recruiting. And I'm putting together names and and uh, and contacting kids to, to figure out who's visiting. And they, they had their first visitor today. Uh, uh, I mean, one of their first visitors uh, for the well, the first spring practice, and then they have another visitor tomorrow, a bunch on Saturday. So I've, I've been so tied up with that. Well, let's I, talk. I've seen bits and pieces, but I I, I don't know a lot of what who, who's playing. To be honest yeah. with you, I'm not gonna lie. Well, all right, let's talk about that because I know Saturday. I mean, it was for everyone that was at the Kentucky game. They saw Sam Pittman and his staff, and there's five newcomers on his staff that were introduced to a crowd. There were a lot of recruits there, and you mentioned Saturday is going to be a busy day. Give us kind of a recap of the comments you've seen from from last Saturday and those that were on campus for the Kentucky game, and who's coming in for this weekend. Yeah, that was an impressive uh, group of kids that uh, visited on Saturday. And, and the headliner, I guess, if there was one that uh, uh, the fans were, I guess, uh, most hyped about was K.J. Bolden, uh, a defensive back uh, from uh, Buford, uh, Georgia, uh, the number three overall prospect in the nation, according to ESPN, a consensus five-star prospect. Talked to his mom and talked to him uh, both uh the Arkansas visit was probably the best visit that they've taken so far. Both were just extremely Let's impressed go. with the coaching staff and uh, how they how they were treated. And in uh, talking to KJ, he said Arkansas would definitely be in the mix uh, when they start talking about official visits. So uh, if you know if somehow they were able to land him, he would be the highest rated prospect ever. Uh, to uh, sign with Arkansas. The previous one would be Mitch Mustang. Richard, I know this. They were doing this uh, this rap video with Coach T-Will. I saw them put that out. If Tommy would have been in that video, he would have already committed. <laughs> it's just a bummer that we didn't have Kraft up there. Yeah, in, uh, I, 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 he's the first guy that I thought about because, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he can cut it loose, you know, uh, on the wow. dance floor. And uh, and uh, he, he knows he knows that – I, I I, I think the last time we talked, Tommy, I mean, you couldn't talk anything but rap and all all, all the, your favorite rappers, and, and I was I was surprised. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, Ice Ice Cube. I mean, you got. I've been known to lay down a beat. <laughs> it was uh, chance. For those that don't know what we're talking about, Arkansas's got like a music recording studio, right, Richard, in the football facility, and that's where where guys will sometimes go record mixtapes and various things. Yeah, yeah, it. Uh, yeah, that was a hit. And, you know, he, I even asked KJ uh, about that. And uh, he, I'd, have to, I'd, have to, I'd have to go back and, and listen to the uh, to the interview. But he wasn't 100%. I, I'm, I'm sure he, he knew who it was. But uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't have a fast, quick answer of who, who they were listening to. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Well, Richard, we appreciate you waking up early with us, as always, giving us some recruiting tidbits. Football and basketball. We'll get some more on Thursday prior to the NCAA tournament. Look forward to it. See you guys. 
Hey, it's Phil Elson. From all these years watching baseball, I've grown accustomed to watching closers in their element. James Teague isn't closing innings anymore, he's closing cases. With almost 30 years in the business, Teague Law Firm is a general practice firm that can help you with most family law issues, divorce, custody, and child support. They can also help with criminal law, both felonies and misdemeanors. Call James and the Teague Law Firm at 479-531-2785, 531-2785, online at teague-law.com. The Teague Law Firm, if they can't help you, they'll talk baseball. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Tell you what's not a bummer. It's talking with our friend Tom Murphy. Arkansas Democrat Gazette, Whole Hawk Sports, he joins us now. Tom, we will talk some more basketball coming up, but didn't really get a chance to ask you much football on Tuesday. And I know people excited to hear from Sam Pittman earlier this week. Uh, One of the things he mentioned that I thought was really interesting is how they handled transfers. He said straight up, yeah, we we basically gave Jaden Hazelwood a a starting job, and we're not going to do that with transfers again. What what do you think he learned about last year and, and maybe some of the things that we heard about uh, some locker room turmoil. Right. Well, hey, man, it's good to be with you guys, and it's glad to know that talking to me is not a bummer, man. That that makes me feel good. <laughs> it's the highlight of the day, Tom. <laughs> they just go downhill no, from here, um, Tom. Nah, we're all good. Um, no, um, you know, I think Sam Pittman was a slightly revealing because um, I asked him about all the transfers and if his exit interviews yielded anything. And at first he started – talking about some guys, you know, it's playing time, some guys it's NIL, which has kind of been his standard response. But then he said, but, but to answer your question, we found out we, we need to listen more and be more connected to our guys off the field, so be, be more involved in things outside of football. And, you know, I think there's not a lot of coaches who would, who would just say that. And so I credit Sam Pittman for making that statement and understanding that, Here's the things we heard from our players who are leaving, um, and here's things we can do to be better at that. And, and as he said, we've made a lot of strides in that regard. So, um, you know, I hope I hope it comes to fruition because that was an alarming number of players they had going to the portal. It's 25-plus scholarship guys and a lot of defensive backs. So, um, you know, we'll see where that leads from here. But, you know, practice starts today, and interested to see a lot of different facets of how the team looks. Tommy, you meant, or Tom, you mentioned the DBs. We're a long way off from that first weekend of September. We'll actually see them in action. But I, I do wonder your thoughts on who they've added to that position. It's not just high school kids, but several transfers. Do you think they they really put an emphasis that on that during the offseason based on what happened with injuries last year and guys leaving? Oh, yeah, no doubt. They loaded up. And, you know, there's a bunch of freshmen, and we'll see how that plays out. I mean, think about this. Right now, if they were to play a game, their starting corners would be um, Dwight McGothern and Quincy McAdoo, who was a receiver at this time last year and, in fact, on into the season. But there's just a certain grit and competition level about Quincy McAdoo that elevated him to starting cornerback. And um, my personal take is if they can use him on offense, um, how, how would his competition? Competitive qualities not translate over into offense as well. Fighting for position, fighting for the ball. He just, you saw how he took an interception away against Liberty. He's an exceptional athlete, and I hope they find a way. And, and I asked Sam Pittman about that as well, and he said it could be a third down package. He has to be in the top three or four wideouts to earn that spot. Yeah. But you, you add uh, Snacks Johnson from Baylor. Um, he's going to help you at cornerback immediately. And then, you know, Ladarius Bishop. I'm sorry. Snacks. Sorry, his nickname's Snacks. Hush, Ty. Snacks. Tom's talking. <laughs> yeah, so, so, I mean, you bring in um, uh, Ladarius Bishop back, you can't discount the fact that he could help you at cornerback. And, 
then you're starting to see a little bit of a depth at that position. So, but safety and nickelback is where you know they really have to add some numbers. Jaden Johnson, he's a good physical kid. Sometimes when he gets isolated in some uh, man coverage from the nickel position, um, I, he got beat a few times. He just has to improve his technique there. Jalen Lewis, I think, is going to come on. But Hudson Clark and the safeties, um, you're going to need more than just Al Walcott, the other Baylor transfer. You're going to need some other guys to, to really uh, improve at that spot. Tom, you said snacks. It was like saying bites in my house and the dogs. The head snapped, and Ty just couldn't help himself there uh, for a second. Hey, uh, it's well, a great nickname, right? Uh, it is. It is a. It is a probably one of the top nicknames in college football uh, that we've seen in a while. So, hey, I think an interesting thing this spring is half the staff is new, including Danny Enos, the offensive coordinator. How far can he improve, and how far can he take KJ Jefferson's passing game? I think a lot of fans are interested in seeing what can become or what can be that maybe the next level for KJ. What are you expecting to see, if anything, this spring? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and here's the thing. KJ's starting point is a pretty good place. Um, on the very brink of the completion percentage uh, record, both of his years in, in the system, uh, he has a very high inter- touchdown to interception ratio, and his passer rating is great, and and his rushing has been phenomenal. I mean, you're looking at one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, now, uh, are there mechanical things, um, the reads that he can make that are more pro-style reads? Yep. Um, I think he can improve marginally there, being on the same page. I mean, he's got basically a new set of receivers he he has to be on the same page with, as much as he was last year. I mean, you think about Landers, Hazelwood, uh, there was a lot of new guys. So I think the same thing holds this year. Um, When to run, being smart when he runs. Um, You think about what cost him games last year. Well, getting thrown down by an Alabama 330-pound dude, um, and then, um, <clears throat> you know, he was dinged up a little bit So uh, with the shoulder. So uh, got to keep him healthy. But he's such a key to a successful Arkansas season. And, man, I was looking at this yesterday. Arkansas fans are going to go, yeah, we were 7-6. and six. That was a down year. But it was a close game, y'all. It was, it was not beating Liberty when they could have. Being in the game against LSU and Missouri – and A and M and and should have went won some of those games and they would have been right there nine and four so they're really really close and they've got to learn how to win the close games to uh, to get back onto that nine or higher win plateau. Yeah. So what's Dan Eno's two point look like and what did we learn in Dan Eno's one that you think will carry over? Uh, quarterback play was good under the Allen brothers. They were a good run team. Um, he has in the intervening years, um, learn more of the RPO game that Kendall Bryles so successfully ran here. And if you look at tape from Maryland with uh, Talia uh, Tagovailoa and also with Tua at Bama, they did some RPO stuff that Mike Loxley was running at Bama. And so I think that folds right into what KJ's strengths are and what this team knows. And so now it's all about the terminology. And as Sam Pittman pointed out Tuesday, you know, he asked Dan Enos, how do you want to do that? Well, Dan Enos asked him, do you want me to marry some of the terminology they were using here before with my stuff? And and Sam is like, no, we don't want you to have to, you know, uh, have to relearn the language. You, you teach them the language, and we've got plenty of time. And as it turns out, the NCAA – has given so much more time for what he calls walks, you know, walkthroughs without a ball and, you know, what we call skull sessions, learning the terminology and stuff, that he feels very comfortable that the terminology, the checks and all that will be in place when they hit the field. So, Tom, on that subject, is it harder for a defense or an offense to adjust to their new coordinator? Hmm. You know, I haven't given that a ton of thought. Um, um, defensively, I, I don't think we're going to see radical changes other than Sam Pittman pointed out they want to have four D linemen on the field at all times. They just want to be a little bit beefier and, um, you know, not be prone to the, the really good running teams in the SEC just staying on the field against them. Um, 
I, I don't know to answer your question. I'm not sure which one's harder to learn brand new terminology. Um, I, I would think they're relatively equal. Yeah. Tom, we won't be speaking before Tuesday. Brackets come out on Sunday. Ty and I need a few bracket tips. What are uh, what are some of the tips you've learned over the years to filling out a successful March Madness bracket? Uh, man, pick my mascots and color schemes, man. That'll <laughs> take you a long, long time. Sounds like my wife at the horse track. So. Like <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Go, go with what your wife says. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, I don't know. It's always a blend, right? You know there's going to be upsets. You know the 512 is subject to uh, a pretty historically high upset ratio, so you got to pick you a 12 in there somewhere. Um, teams that are hot. Um, and, you know, p- applying this to, to where we are and who we cover, Arkansas is going to be a big mystery. I, I think they're going to be a team that if they play well, they can. if they're in the 7-10 game say, uh, and win that, then the number two seed should be very cautious um, if they're playing well. But um, they've got to get their, their big guys back involved in the scoring um, and kind of just, you know, all fit together a little bit better, get their transition game going. And hopefully that starts with the game against Auburn tonight. You'd hope so. And uh, just getting back in the win column is something we've spoken to this week. And for Musselman and everyone else's sake, hopefully they're able to do that tonight. Tom, good stuff as always, man. We'll react to the SEC tournament over the weekend. or Arkansas slated in the NCAA tournament. And a few other football notes come Tuesday. Introducing Your Choice Tuesday at Buffalo Wild Wings. Buy one, get one 50% off on our traditional wings on Tuesdays. Then the best thing about Thursday at Buffalo Wild Wings is buy one, get one free on our boneless wings. Both offers are now available for dine-in and carry-out. Some exclusions apply. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and in Jonesboro. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned. Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic, just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Love the positivity that Jay's coming with this morning out of Russellville, Cyclone Country. We're due today, right? It's been a disappointing football and basketball season. We're due to have a run in this tournament. He loves the draw with Tennessee and Alabama on the other side of the bracket. Let's go win this one tonight. Jay, I like your I like your thoughts, Tommy. Six o'clock, Arkansas, Auburn, five thirty pregame coverage beginning right here on ESPN Arkansas. And hit that line.com. It's just hard to imagine winning the championship on Sunday if you don't win tonight. I just can't see it happening, Ty. I mean, let's be honest with you. So. I, uh, I would, unless uh, Auburn gets uh, whacked with something. Now, Auburn's not above doing something illegal no, against the no, NCAA no, no. rules. That's very prevalent so, down there. The it's key great. to winning on Friday is winning on Thursday. I'll hang up and listen. Yes, but. that's it. Probably the greatest sports talk take in the history of program is what you just said <laughs> yeah. right there. The key to winning in the SEC tournament tomorrow is winning the day. So. <laughs> the team was practicing at Tennessee State yesterday. I know that Chuck and them have been there since uh, 
so I can't remember if they flew in on on Tuesday or they flew in uh, early. Tuesday, when, yeah, Tuesday. So they they practice a little bit over at Tennessee State. They practice also at uh, Bridgestone Arena. So I guess maybe Tennessee State was on Tuesday, but that's kind of the the setup. The last couple of days, you only get like a thirty or forty minute practice, so it's not like you have a lot of time to get adjusted to your bearings there in Bridgestone. Uh, it is an arena, Tommy. We talk about domes sometimes, kind of having to adjust to your your like vision and stuff and the backdrop and everything. But this is an actual arena that they're playing in later on tonight. Ice hockey arena, too. So, um, top everything else. So, um, I guess you'll be sitting. I, I never noticed in the times I went there that it was noticeably colder on the floor. Some people think it is a little colder when you get down there. But uh, it is uh, one of the unique things that... I, unless it's in the NCAA tournament, I don't think you play on top of a of a hockey rink any any other time of the year. Yeah, they got us uh, courtside next to Greg Sankey, Tommy. We got the best seats in the house mm. tonight. Can uh, can't complain about this uh, this thing whatsoever. If you haven't been, there's people that make this trip every single year. Uh, some are maybe on the brink. Maybe if Arkansas wins tonight and they somehow win tomorrow as well, you might travel for the weekend. It's a fun tournament. There's a lot of stuff to do, as Tommy was pointing out earlier. In the Music City. I think everyone knows that. So you got the baseball series tomorrow. Uh, Louisiana Tech first pitch at 3 o'clock. Yep. This is not by any means going to be an easy series. I mean, Louisiana Tech already went toe-to-toe with Ole Miss this year. They played Arkansas tough in recent uh, battles. And I would, I do not expect Arkansas to sweep the Bulldogs this weekend. And the good thing is, is when Arkansas beats Auburn tonight, they'll play again at 6 o'clock tomorrow night, which will probably run late anyway because... You know, the Tennessee-Missouri game ahead of that will be behind schedule. So you can go to the baseball game and then still get home in time to watch Arkansas and Texas A&M tomorrow night because Arkansas will beat Auburn tonight. You also, I, I like uh, UNJ. I mean, we just need to start saying it, right? You just got to say speak it. Speak so it into come, existence. Speak it into existence. It's not jinxing if enough people say it. Softball team also plays tomorrow. They're hosting Texas A&M, so their first uh, SEC conference series of the week and excited to see Court and Diefel squad get going in SEC play. Now, if I remember correctly, preseason, I want to say Alabama was picked to win the league. Arkansas was, I think, second or third, so this is a good uh, – a good, hopefully it will be a good start for their squad. They have had a really successful stint early on in the Razorback Invitational, Pick Classic, and then when they were down there in Florida as well. Florida's really good, but I'm going to tell you, when Oklahoma gets in this league, and Texas too, but particularly Oklahoma, uh, the, the, the quality of the softball, I mean, all I know is that Oklahoma seems to be in that Women's College World Series virtually every year over there. Every so year. it is going to be uh, an even more difficult league. We don't think about softball and the national stuff at, you know, as much as we do a little bit more now, but it's going to get even tougher with OU in that league uh, beginning, I guess, next year. Yep. And, guys, that is going to do it. And I, I don't have the thing in front of me, so I might have to click Christian's it. got you. Hit okay. that button there, Christian. It's That's your uh, hog update. And it's brought to you by Mr. Sparky. You don't have to put up with any malarkey call 888-8-SPARKY. So what do you think fans are thinking tonight? We know what Jay and Russellville thinks. As we get closer and closer to this matchup, less than 12 hours out from Arkansas and Auburn, what do you think our listeners, this fan base, actually think is going to happen tonight? Well, let's hear from some of them. We got text and calls. You can call us at 877 877- Three seven seven six nine six three, and also text us at that number. I, I think we we naturally grow more positive as we get closer to game time. Yep. We we naturally find ways and reasons and logics, even though they may not always be sound, as to why you're going to win the game. It's just what it's what we do in every sport. I don't think this game or this sport's any different. And uh, I think there's as we grow closer to game time, more people believe Arkansas will beat Auburn tonight. Robert on YouTube says we're real dangerous to other teams if we hit shots. Well, again, we've we've talked about ah, you lead the league in field goal percentage, but that is skewed to a certain degree. I I think with this basketball team, if you just get that one, I mean, to get out of that funk, it's kind of like a hitter that's gone over for a while. You just get that one hit, the whole a whole world opens up. That baseball, instead of looking like a pee when it's coming across the plate, it looks like a beach ball. And for this basketball team, I mean, they just got to, you got to remember why you're playing. Anthony Black, when I watched that kid play, he looks like he's having the time of his life. He looks like he is doing what he's wanted to do his entire life and play D1 college basketball and hopefully have a professional career as well. They got to get back to that. 
And all that and a lot of times you know what you know what that takes is winning that game. It's winning that one game. And I, I know Auburn's not gonna be the easy opponent easiest opponent to do that against, but just get back in the winning ways and then I think things might open up a little bit. Yeah. And um confidence is such a huge thing. And uh you know, hopefully Early in the game, first four minutes before the under-16, some shots are going in. Uh, you're getting some drives to the hole that are working out. That was the thing against Kentucky. I mean, that you know, we've talked about you know the the two for twenty at the rim, but you got to get some drives early where the you know you don't need a second chance point because that first layup or that first shot at the basket in the paint goes in. So they just need to get off on the right start. And I know that's a simpleton approach, but that is not what's happened in some of these games, and it seems to just mentally spiral for for them at times. Tyler texts in. He's the opposite of Jay. He says they're going to lose their next two games. <laughs> uh, he's taking the uh, the Ruskarian approach instead of the the Schaefer and the Ruskarian approach. The Ruskarian, that's a new What's one. What's the uh, let's see? Barton Rogers said, "I think it's going to be a great game, very close. I'm too nervous to bet, but so I ain't going to call a winner." So he doesn't know where he's betting. Again, Arkansas. We brought this up earlier. It's a one and a half point favorite currently. On the Bet Saracen app, still waiting to see what that line does before. And you said, Tommy, I didn't see this yesterday or last night because I was driving, but you said Arkansas and Auburn opened up as well, even. I, I don't know that open. I at one time saw even on there, so uh, uh, so we'll see. I mean, it just tells me some of the money has been moving that direction, and I think in our state that that's the way things go because the betting the bets are always going to come in heavier on Arkansas. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. Well, Clay, uh, good morning, man. Excited to have you on this morning, dude. Um, I know you're on the road a little bit, as I am. We'll, we'll start with basketball, and then we'll we'll dive into football because well, I know you have a lot of thoughts on this offseason. We got to talk about we got to talk about these jeans. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, let it rip. Do they have sequins on the back pocket? No, they're Wranglers, brother. There's one tan pair, and then one uh, dark blue. So there are no, no secrets. Okay. I'm I a, just wanted to I'm, make sure. I'm trying, I'm trying to protect you, Tommy. Yeah, well, I, first question I asked Clay, and I hadn't got a straight answer, are these skinny jeans? Because Ty, I mean, he fits <laughs> the mold and the model for a for a fellow that'd be wearing skinny jeans, doesn't he, Clay? Well, you know, I've seen these, these guys with long, long hair, and they got sequins on the back of their jeans. And I, it just, you know, I, I just want to make sure. Just watching out for you. You know, it's... I don't want you walking into hard scrabble with sequins on the back of your jeans. <laughs> no, I get don't. I get thrown out of there probably. No, I, I I'm a Wrangler man, Clay. I Okay. I, Tommy fair. dogged me for I mean we were at Garth, was that last summer, whenever that was? Mm-hmm. And I mean I take my, my my sister's advice on a lot of clothing because I can't dress myself even at twenty eight years old. And well, young one there. young one there. It's, yeah, I know. It's a it's still You're a long process. Slowly getting there, and I, I'm proud of you, uh, to a degree. To a degree, <laughs> I'll take it. There's a limit on it, Ty. That's what he's telling you. There's a limit of his yeah, pride. Okay, go back to your questions, Ty. I've heard your conversation. I expect this will be a good, a good question because you were good with, with. Although I will say, what what's the deal about asking uh, Tom Murphy which is easier? An offense, a new offensive coordinator terminology, or a new defensive terminology. 
I've never heard of that that question before. Mm. I mean, it's a good question, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna tell you that Tom Tom he hauled around, and finally he's like, I don't know, I don't know, mm. and nobody knows. Okay, I, I, what's so what's the answer? Ty, I mean, Clay, I know you had the no, answer. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I think Tom did really good. Mm, well, at least it's not Hoganese this time. Maybe they're not having to learn Hoganese. Oh, bless it. No more Hoganese. <laughs> no more Hoganese. Uh, I, I didn't know how to spell Hoganese. Mm, is that with two Z's or one? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was, yeah, uh, they, unfortunately, they have, unfortunately, it yeah. had an L in there. That was the problem. It had too many L's in it. So, yep. 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 So what uh, happens tonight, Clay? Six o'clock. I don't think the season's on the line, but it uh, the rest of the week's on the line tonight. I mean, this, yeah. this feels important to, to really firmly punch your ticket for next week in the big dance. Yeah, it starts with, with uh, staying in front of Wendell Green. And, uh, I mean, that's not easy. That guy's a blur. And he, he's got a little, you know, he's he's got a little Arlen Bowers in him. Um, mm. And that he's, you know, when he decides to go somewhere, he just kind of lowers his shoulder. And uh, you've you got to stay in front. He's really quick. And then I think after that, get to the foul line, get Auburn in foul trouble. And then what do you got to do after that, Ty? Uh Get him in foul. Oh, hit your foul shots. I'm, you got it. There we go. Man, Let's I'm go. so proud of you. <laughs> and that's been a challenge this Clip year. That. Clip that, yeah. Christian. Clip yeah. that. It's the first time he's ever said that to me. Yeah. That, you know, hitting those foul shots consistently has been a problem, Clay. I mean, and a lot of people think, well, yeah. we're in the third season here. It'll all change. I'm just not no. a believer. I don't think you get any fairy dust sprinkled on you because it's the postseason. Tommy, all you got to do is do yeah. what Clay did back in the day, shoot the granny shot. I don't I mean, think that, Ollie's showing up for this one. The improvement would uh, And Ollie, when you make it, and you will make it. <laughs> I don't think they're doing that. Yeah. Hey, I was a good free throw shooter. Don't, don't, don't go there. Uh, I've never had to do any of that kind of stuff. No, no, that Will Chamberlain style. Um, this team is sometimes they're hard to watch because, and they they shoot a high percentage because they take a high percentage shot. I mean, they they drive it into the teeth of the defense. But sometimes they're 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 going against three tall guys that are guarding the the, the rim, and it's a tough shot. And so, I mean, Kentucky, they guarded the rim. They dared them to shoot outside. Texas A&M's done that. I think Auburn did that in the first go-round. And, and because of that, uh, you're going to have to make some 15, 18-footers, some three-pointers to open things up a little bit. And, and then when you get to the free-throw line, you've you got to make them pay. And that's the recipe in postseason tournament is, is in – you know, you avoid the turnovers by not going in there where you know where you don't have a shot, and you try to make a pass or or do something wild. Uh, but it, it's uh, they they you know they play a big guard lineup, and Wendell Green is is not that he's more you know he's more of a traditional size, old school college basketball guard, quick, crafty, and very aggressive with the ball. And I think it starts with with slowing that guy down. Clay Henry with us here uh, on the morning rush. We were talking earlier. You got the you got Mississippi State and Florida starting it off today. Ole Miss and Tennessee, Arkansas and Auburn, then LSU and Vanderbilt. Any of those teams? And, and let's find someone other than Tennessee. Is there anyone other than Tennessee that plays today you think has a chance to make it to Sunday? Well, I think Arkansas does, and I mean I. I I think that that the they have shown flashes in different games, particularly uh, say at Baylor. Uh, you know, I, I thought at Kentucky that they they showed that they have you know top level talent. Uh, you know, I thought that you know there were stretches of that Alabama game where they looked like okay, this is this is. Her, you know, first half anyway, they just haven't put it together in a solid game consistently. Um, and is this is this their time? 
Um, you know, it, it's been a disappointing season, and I'll start with, you know, the injuries. That That's the, uh, you know, as soon as you lost Brazil and you saw, and then I guess it was at the Oklahoma game where Smith ran off the floor, um, that to me that was uh, like, uh-oh, this is going to be, this is not, this is not what we thought. They're not the team that we thought without those two guys. Uh, got Nick back, but I, I think that if you know if they their chemistry, if it if it comes together and they keep their composure, now they they've lost their composure some, and that's a young team. Devo's not young, uh, but he he he's gotten rattled a few times. He had he actually left the team for a while, right mm. after the Hawaii trip. Yeah. So there's been some things about this team that you say kind of scratch your head. It's like, well, not quite what we thought. Anthony Black has lost his composure sometimes. They they have to avoid that pitfall. In you know, as, as we roll into postseason, they have to keep their composure. And, and when there's a little bit of adversity, just step up and handle it. We're talking with Clay Henry again. And, Clay, on, on that note, Sadivo gets yeeted, ejected from the last game. And I wonder, when a player like that, like, as important as he is to the fabric of the team, uh, like, how do how does he individually kind of get himself back? I mean, is that something you apologize for? Is that something you take ownership of? I don't of? know. I don't know. It's, it's uh, you know, I, he probably does just knowing him. He probably did it already. You know, right after the game, uh, and uh, you know, sometimes uh, you know, the the coach has to pull him aside, like, "Hey, you you need to say something." Um, but I, I don't know if that happened or it didn't. I it's uh, the, but it's a you know, it was a big part of that game, and now I, I think they have to handle officiating better than than they have. And that starts with the head coach. Uh, he he's got to show that you know that he's not going to lose it on, on every call, um, and he has to make sure that his mm. players don't. And you know, I I go back to, to Nolan Richardson and Eddie Sutton. Uh, they told their players they would handle officials and they would be the guy. And they are not to get a technical foul under any circumstance. And there was punishment for technical fouls by players. Uh, but we've seen a lot of that uh, this year. You know, it, it's, uh, you know, hard fouls and technicals and losing composure. And, you know, that's, that's youth or inexperience in those situations. Uh, Devo, that should not happen with Devo. Mm-hmm. No, I would agree with you on that. Now, let's ask you about the what you just said about Moss. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, he's an intense guy, and I think that's why Arkansas fans yeah. love him because of how much he wants to win. But isn't it like the hay in the bar at this point? Like, don't you know what you're getting when it comes to him and just how he associates with officials during games? Yeah, I just think he needs, as far as what he does with uh, with with his players, you know, they, they need to see see that. Now, hey – it's you got to make sure your players know I'm the guy that's going to show reaction to the official. You're not, and and that that's part. Of, and I'm sure he's worked on that. Um, but it's the here's what I see with this team. They play so hard, and I and that's a plus. But there's kind of a magic level that you have to get to, and you can't go above it. You you've got to maintain composure and your intensity has to be at a level that you're still under control yeah. and that that's what I've seen they've tried so hard and and that's a strength but that's also you know an issue sometimes yeah so you you know that that that's the that's the part that you're glad that they play that hard but they they've got to maintain a little composure in, in some of the, these situations. But think about but the, they, but they know that. 
Yeah. And, and it's hard to to say, all right, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna dial it back a little bit. Well, then, yeah. then you're going through the motion. So it's it is. That's why I say it's uh, it's the magic level. Yeah, but but think about the game itself now, college basketball. It's, cha- yep. it's I think we'd all agree it's changed a lot in the last five years. What what's the game all about today, guys? When you got the ball in your hands. Uh. Driving to the basket. Driving to the, the you're going to do one of two things. You're going to drive to the hole and kick it out for a three, or you're going to shoot a three. Or, but you're going to the basket continuously. I, you know, I don't know how many possessions you'd say there are on average in a game, but I would say, you know, two thirds, three fourths of those drives end up with somebody slashing and driving to the hole. Is that fair? Yeah, and then, you're, and then here's the here's the really hard part about that is the charge block. Okay, so that's where I'm going. You're forcing. Yeah. Because of the way the game's played now, the officials on both ends of the floor have to make a decision virtually on every possession. That's a hard decision. Wh- you, either, you either love that whistle or you hate it. Well, you're, and here's the thing. You're going to love some and you're going to hate some. And we have to realize that as fans, that, that there's just decisions that were easier in the way the game was played 10 years ago. It was just easier decisions. Now there's a hard decision on who initiated the contact, what really happened on that play. You said block charges. One of the reasons the restricted area is in there is to more easily define that. We've started playing the game in a way where we put the officials in a position that they have to make a call that's difficult, you know, that, that's more subjective. I won't say more difficult, just more subjective. Yeah. Oh, and, I think all that's right. And, 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 uh, and that, that's the way the game has become. So we are more irritable as fans, coaches, players, everybody, because we don't like it because it's every trip there seems to be a controversial call, but a, but a decision has to be made. Yeah. Well, all of that is true. I think if you make your free throws, it all makes it easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's really what the end goal is, is, hey, maybe we get two and an and one, and everybody loves to holler and one, and one. I mean, that's just, you know, just irritating. But you're, the whole de- design is to get to the free throw line and make points there, and that's what, you know, Arkansas gets there, but they don't make their shots. But, you know, I think that's the frustrating thing is we don't understand that, you know, we don't want to recon- recognize that, hey, those same hard decisions are happening, you know, 94 feet away <laughs> every trip as well. But, yeah, and, but it's you still have to have your composure. Yep. No, and, I'm, you know. And the, the players that, that are doing that are the players that, that, that you know, that are successful. That, no, Jalen Williams didn't get every call. Nope. Uh, he got a lot and, of them, though. Yeah, but, but he... He didn't lose his composure. He didn't let, when he didn't get a call, uh, cause his play to become negative. And you you have to, uh, when that whistle blows, you have to accept those guys just made the call. Mm-hmm. And if if it's, if it, if it's, there's somebody going to object to it, it's got to be the guy on the sideline. Every it's time, not, he, yeah. Every time yeah. you throw your line out in the water, you don't get a fish, do you? You don't get always get a bite. No, do you? And, and I think that, and I, I mean, I keep going back in time to things that I've seen. And and Daryl Walker was a great player for Eddie Sutton, and he uh, he made officials make tough calls by the way he played, and he didn't like them, and he got some technicals, and he pouted. And you saw it in his face the whole time. And the officials did not like that. And they had to coach that out of him. And he had, he had a lot of sessions with Patsy Sutton. Patsy was a, was a great counselor to Daryl. <laughs> and and he, had, he learned when the official made a call, he smiled. Well, guess what that does? It, it relaxes the official. They're not on point. I mean, they got a hard job. And yep. when a player reacts in a bad way, they think, well, they're showing me up, or they're they they're they're infuriating the crowd. Just you, know, you don't have to raise your hand anymore. That's not part of the game. But you you don't you don't have to throw your hands down either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in disgust, like Devo did. Uh, yeah. Just just keep playing. Yeah. So uh, you know, and I, they all know this. This is I'm not telling them any. They they understand it is just hard when you're playing that that the intensity. Uh, causes that yeah. and don't want to take it all away but you, you have to dial it back just a hair i just think we have to recognize that 
the game has changed where more possessions result in harder decisions because of the drives to the basket and having to realize was the did the defender do anything wrong? I mean, you got to yeah. you got to stop well, thinking. If the team, defense is legal and the offensive guy comes barreling in here, maybe not even out of control, but creates all the contact, a decision now must be made on who the yeah. foul will be on. And there's just more of those possessions in today's game than there was five or ten years ago. And, and because this team isn't a great shooting team, they have kind of doubled down on that, mm-hmm. and and it makes it easier for the defense because it's like we know what they're going to do. They're not going to launch a bunch of threes. They're not going to launch a bunch of mid-range shots because that's not their DNA, not their strength. So the lane becomes more compacted, and then it's harder Mm -hmm. to get that shot at the rim. They can get to the rim because they're really talented. Uh, You know, they're great slashers, and they got length. But it's it's, all of that is compounded because I I keep thinking, well, maybe Nick's, Going to get Nick Smith's going to give them a little more of an outside presence, and that's going to help Devo. And they're both going to get a little better shots, you know, yeah. in that mid range because they're the two guys that can hit the mid range shot. Clay, let's ask you some football things, man. Arkansas gets going today. I know people are really, really excited to hear about this Razorback football team. Uh, what, what were kind of your big takeaways from Coach earlier this week? Yeah, there's. There's a couple of things that I'm interested to watch, and, and I'm headed to Fayetteville today, so I'm I'm excited about football. You know, we get a little bit of a snapshot before spring break, and then it kind of ramps up. And most of the heavy hit, hitting is after spring break, but I, I want to see where they are at right and left tackle, and I think that's a I think they're all right inside. And Sam alluded to that, and they've got you know three or four guys that. They are really pleased with their recruiting in the offensive line, and it's a lot of these guys haven't played much. And they're they're gonna, you know, they're gonna see Harris, Shambly, uh, um, Kutas. These are guys that uh, are gonna get a shot at tackle. Uh, I know Tykeus Crawford probably can play guard, but I think they, you know, they'd like to see him. You know, step up at tackle. He got a few chances last year. Didn't always go well. He got beat to the outside. And I think that surprised him a little bit because he's got the foot speed and the length. So it's, he's still adjusting to, you know, what the SEC has in defensive end. But I think offensive tackle is really important. And I, I think Tom spoke on, you know, the wide receiver room. Just so many new faces. Um, they, they've, they've got to figure that out. And then kind of an overall take that I, that I want to see how they're going to utilize tight ends because I think that's a big part of uh, the Dan Enos offense. And then I think how they use tight ends in a more specific way is in the red zone. And that was an area where I thought that they left something on the table last year. And K.J. was really good in a lot of areas, but short yardage, and in the red zone, uh, you know, it's. I think everybody figured out. Okay, you got a six foot four, two hundred fifty pound quarterback. You're gonna you're gonna run a quarterback sneak. Well, they they've got to have a little more. Diver- well, I guess the Eagles uh, did that every time and never never got caught up. But it seemed like people caught up with that was not going to be where Arkansas was going to convert third and one. Uh, the quarterback sneak all the time. Well, hang on here. You said involve the hey, hang on. You said involve the tight ends more. Now, if you tell me Dan Enos also has a tight end sneak, I don't know. If I'm on board with that. So, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, he, I'll he's step a, in front of oncoming he, traffic. He's a tight end guy. He always has used the tight end, but not so, the tight end yeah. sneak. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be seen again. Thank God, <laughs> we're not the Chiefs ever. Oh. Uh, you know the Chiefs did it, but they they got Travis Kelsey, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think hey. they also had a quarterback that was injured, and that's that's another that's that's another deal. Yeah, keeping so, keeping KJ healthy is the key to this whole thing next year. I mean that that yeah, was the you know, unraveling it, this year was his health. You know, it was funny. Uh, Bobby Petrino and I were talking one time, and you know it's about the quarterback sneak, short yards. He goes, "I will not run." quarterback sneak so i had a guy uh 
uh, in Louisville that sprained an ankle running a quarterback sneak, and it, it's messed us up for the whole season. And you know that the very next game, Ryan Mallett ran a quarterback sneak. <laughs> <laughs> So, but now he's a six-six quarterback, and always got to yeah. stretch out, right? I mean, well, that's, that's, if, if we had if want, we had Hunter Henry back there at tight end, if he was back, I'd be okay with it then. But uh, didn't didn't quite work out last year. Yeah, so. and, I, and it, you know what? There were a few things that that uh, they did that were unconventional that didn't work, and I think Kendall Bryles got a bad reputation with a lot of fans. Now, I want to tell you, he was a hell of an offensive coordinator. I, I I thought he was terrific. And when you look at what he did with mm-hmm. Franks and KJ in those three years in limiting interceptions, that's there's never been a three-year streak in, in Arkansas where you threw that many times with that few turnovers. That was incredible. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.